0: Welcome to The Future Is podcast, where we meet the people shaping what's next in technology, business, and beyond. I'm your host, Laura Kelleher, Chief Marketing Officer at Honeywell. Electric vehicles are changing the way we drive. Many of you already own one, and maybe you're listening to this podcast while you're driving an EV. Well, in today's episode, I'm joined by Sarah Martin, president of Honeywell's Sensing and Safety Technologies business to talk about one of the small but powerful products that you may not realize is critical for electric vehicles now and in the future. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today.
1: No, it's great to be here. Thank you.
0: So to get us started, can you explain a bit about Honeywell's Sensing and Safety Technologies business and what you do?
1: Absolutely, so uh, we are part of the Safety and producti- Productivity Solutions portfolio um, and we're actually one of the oldest businesses within Honeywell. Um, we are a combination of the Advanced te- te- Sensing Technologies business and the Honeywell Gas Analytics business we integrated last year, creating this much bigger, uh, more cohesive entity called Sensing and Safety Technologies. Between between the two businesses, we have over 75 years of innovation in sensing, in switching, in controls, and in instrumentation devices, all of them with some form of sensing at the core. We have a range of more than 50,000 products, and our products are used in critical healthcare, aerospace, defense, uh, transportation, um, uh, industrial safety, mining, and petrochemical applications. Um, we also have one of the widest ranges of sensing uh, uh, portfolios that's available anywhere. We have a strong core capability in optical technology, which is the use of light to sense. Um, we have a very strong MEMS uh, capability for things like pressure and flow and force, which is a circuit-based sensing. We also have a fantastic capability in electrochemical uh, sensing and other forms of ability to sense gases. That's where toxic gas, flammable gas, um, anything that really helps um, sorry, anything that really helps to keep people safe within the mining petrochemical and uh, general industrial or semiconductor fabrication space. So it's a very, very exciting place to be. Um, the sensor market's very healthy. the opportunity is strong and growing and, and there's somewhat a revolution in sensing as, as a real means of being able to advance many of the macro
0: trends that we're seeing today. What an exciting and broad array of uh, products and solutions! Can you explain to me or, and, and to our audience just a little bit about why this is so important to what Honeywell does and the offerings that we have, and maybe a little on what's on the horizon for your business?
1: Sure. Um, so one of the big, um, the, one of the great important things about sensing is that sensing is, is a, an enabler, a facilitator of many of the macro trends that we're seeing today, um, and we are the the. We're not the only sensing uh, business within Honeywell, but we are the largest, most comprehensive uh, sensing uh, portfolio. One of the most important macro trends that we know is important to Honeywell across the business, and important, frankly, to to, to all all businesses and all markets, is is sustainability. And within that, electrification. And this kind of energy transition that we're seeing as we move to more hydrogen or other forms of clean energy um, economies The use of sensing within that space to detect, um, to keep people safe, to be able to help the the rollout of of more advanced technologies um, is absolutely critical. And one of the best examples, the most relatable examples, is within the electric vehicle space, um, particularly the lithium-ion, but not exclusively the lithium-ion electric vehicle space.
0: Yeah. So speaking of electrification and EVs, um, we know they're becoming more popular, and you know more drivers are planning to switch to EVs in the near future. What are some of the biggest challenges to overcome as we as- accelerate adoption around EV?
1: It, there, there's a number, um, and just to give some kind of relative size to what we think is going to happen, um, by 2030, it's projected there'll be more than 26 million electric vehicles on the roads in the US alone. We know there's legislation in other regions worldwide like Europe, which will effectively prevent the sale of combustion engine vehicles after 2030, and, and by then, it's estimated that more than 60% of all the vehicles sold will have some form of electrification as a form as a means of power. But it doesn't become, it's not a simple evolution. It's not a simple path to having all of the scale in electric vehicles. There's there's two or three particular areas that need to be uh, focused on or problems to resolve, and that is the infrastructure. So the charging infrastructure for primarily the, the primary um, method of, of creating electric vehicles with lithium-ion batteries, and they'll need to be recharged. So the charging infrastructure is very, very important. Um, and, and you know, depending on the country or the region or cities versus rural areas, um, the, there's, there's relative differences in the availability. So that needs to roll out. The availability of lithium is obviously a, a core need. And then one of the biggest um, areas of, of, of uh, to address um, is safety um now obviously um electric vehicles are inherently safe we wouldn't drive them if they weren't however there are there are issues around lithium-ion batteries thankfully very rare but they do happen where um there are there are uh, situations where we have something called thermal runaway. And that is where the battery itself begins to self-heat to an uncontrollable level that can ignite and cause fire. And obviously a burning electric, uh, a burning lithium mine battery is quite a catastrophic event because it's very, very difficult to extinguish. So the safety of batteries in the vehicle and obviously for the the asset, but also the occupants of that vehicle is uh, being able to really maintain that safety is incredibly important going forward.
0: Yeah, I completely agree and we hear we hear a bit about that, you know, lately. Um how do our sensors for EB, EV batteries work exactly? What what do they how are they part of that solution?
1: So we have we have two or
0: three different offerings
1: at the moment. We have um and all of them relate to how how the battery effectively degrades. So um the the thermal runaway is one option, so it it self heats. And that when that battery heats, it releases gases. Um, it releases materials, and ultimately it can it can, it can burst into flames. Um, but also there are, uh, there are also factors where other different materials within the battery will will degrade. So such as the metal oxide cathode, which will release oxygen. There are electrolytes in the battery which will ignite the oxygen, resulting in the similar situation. It, re- it results in flame and catastrophic failure. So we have developed a number of sensors, um, one of which is an aerosol sensor, which uses light, our optical technology I mentioned at the start, that uses light um, to detect the aerosols. And um, we have a battery pressure sensor, which which uh, detects the the change in pressure within the battery unit, and that will also determine that there is a failure. And we have new technology developed with our partner in series which actually um, is is able to detect off-gassing very, very early in the thermal runaway process. So much earlier than you would normally be able to ta- normally be able to detect gas or debris or any other means of detecting flame. Um, and that's really important because the earlier you detect a potential battery failure, the earlier that notification can be, you know, in the vehicle to the occupants, etc., to to obviously allow the occupants to exit safely, but also potentially to protect the asset. And as we further develop this over time, it won't just be a monitoring device. It will ultimately, as, as, as sensing becomes more digitized, more intelligent, be able to not to predict and then ultimately prevent um, a, a more catastrophic failure. So that, that is the goal. It's a real revolution in our roadmap to be able to really drive on, on vehicle in battery safety using sensing technology that's core to SST.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's very clear where the role of sensing is is so critical to this transition. Speaking of sensors in general in your business, are there other ways that Honeywell's sensors are helping to accelerate electrification?
1: Yes, there are. I mean, the electric vehicles is just one example of, of many, many things that are happening around this, this huge macro trend that we have. The other one is in battery energy storage to support the utility power grid. There's a huge shift to renewable energy across many, many regions. In the U.S. alone, there are nearly 4.8 gigawatts of energy storage, and that's enough to power 3.6 million homes, which on the U.S. scale isn't a lot. But if you think exponentially how that will start to increase and the need to be able to to deploy that on a grid scale and the need for, again, battery energy storage devices, very similar to the sensing capability we have, that opportunity to really support that rollout is is quite significant. Um, another example is, is with data centers. So we all know what data centers are. They You know, the cloud is a wonderful thing, but it's really embedded into data centers that must never go down. They must never fail.
0: Um,
1: so they have they have to have full and total redundancy in place to ensure that they can continue to function. Um, And an interesting fact is that these data centers use about 10 times the power consumption of a typical American home, it's huge. So the the need for for battery safety is is both on the vehicle, but across the, the landscape of new technologies. We're also developing um, hydrogen sensing capability. It is um, much more likely that hydrogen uh, fuel cells will be used to power heavier duty vehicles in construction, in agriculture. Just the nature of of lithium-ion versus hydrogen fuel cells renders hydrogen much more likely as a solution. Again, hydrogen is is uh, is something you need to have inherent safety around, and so you know part of our developing portfolio will will help to resolve
0: those issues. Yeah, that's impressive. What an exciting uh, time to be a part of your business and, and really helping to drive this energy transition. On that note, what advice do you have for future engineers who might be interested in the technologies that you talked about today?
1: I think the first thing is um, absolutely spot on thinking this is somewhere to grow and develop a career. We, we are really at the beginning of this type of technology the, the whole the way the world is powered is changing and it's changing faster than at any time in 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 decades if not if not longer and so to drive a, a career in in energy transition whether it's within vehicle technology whether it's building technology or anything else modes of transportation and um, absolutely a great place to really develop and be at the heart of something that will drive complete transformation in how our how our, how we all live our lives it's fantastic i think it's important that they gain as much experience as possible with with businesses or, or, or with um within this space and um, honeywell offers a great intern program for example and um, as do many others um be super curious about everything this these are not these are not um while there are a lot of solutions out there within within this space, there's so much still developing and evolving that the rate of technology change is going to be vast. Um, so be super curious about what's going on, on, and new forms of, of, of really driving electrification will happen all, you know, consistently over the next years. Um, and the one thing that 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 drives my team in this, and I've noticed it here more than almost anything else we do, and it's a sense of real purpose about why this is important our aspect is safety we want to use our sensing technology and our instrumentation capability to keep people safe to allow people to go home at night safely um, and so that is that sense of purpose resides across my team and i have some of the best technologists i think personally um, available to me and it's that sense of purpose that we're doing something for good that really drives their 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 desire to push further, to push faster, to deliver solutions to customers, and really solve new problems. And solving new problems is what we all enjoy to do, all enjoy doing.
0: So uh, I just have to say, uh, if you follow us online, you know, you probably know that we call we refer to our employees as future shapers. And what you just said is it, it completely supports that when you join Honeywell, you know, you, you really are shaping the future. And um, I, I love the passion behind that and how you think about your team and what they're doing. So speaking about that, you know, um, our podcast is very much about talking about the future and how it's how we're shaping it. But in every episode, we like to close with a question um, where, you know, we ask our guests to look back and tell us when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh, um- I, I'd love to say I really wanted to run a business. Um, at that point, I didn't. I didn't really know what business was. Um, my my burning desire when I was when I was at school, when I was younger at school, was to be a school principal, um, which is. Absolutely nothing to do with what I do in, in, in real terms, um, but it was it was the thing I really wanted to be. I come from a family of teachers. So I think it was it was somewhat expected and it was somewhat what I was exposed to, but uh, big change from what I started out doing to what I'm doing now, but I uh, don't regret it for a minute.
0: That's great. Uh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of the uh, exciting things that uh, your business is driving and uh, how we're helping to shape the future. Thank you
1: my pleasure
0: thank you for more stories on the people and innovations shaping what's next in business and life subscribe to the future is and leave us a review where you listen to podcasts